It's Thursday, May 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me, the one and only Bill Barker. Good to see you. Good to be here. Earnings season just continues to roll along. We're going to talk about the delivery economy, the working from home economy. We're going to start with the war on cash. And at the moment, Cash needs to call a timeout because cash is getting its butt kicked. Um, Square and PayPal both out with first quarter reports, both stocks up more than 10%. And it seems like this was less about the results that Square and PayPal delivered in the first quarter and more about the way everyone is thinking about non-cash payment businesses. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, they're interesting reports, and and this is not maybe uh, certainly not only them, but um, Lyft, for instance, uh, I think, or, or PayPal's report sort of breaks down results into the January February period, uh, and then the March period, and then the April period, and then the go forward period. So. When they talk about rapidly evolving uh, business situations, uh, and many other companies are in the the same boat, where there's a, a pretty happy story to tell according to the numbers for January, February, and then a big change in March, and then maybe a stabilization for these companies in April, and then just we don't know what's going to happen going forward. Right. And that's true of all businesses. They, you know, they're pretty much. If, if there's one thing, one unifying thread through every one of these conference calls, regardless of the business, it's people saying, "Yeah, but uh, we don't really know," um, which is totally understandable. But uh, the, in the case of PayPal, you know, the I, I totally understand why they are eager to talk about the current quarter. It's like, yes, here's our here's our first quarter report, but. Once we're done with this, let's talk about what's happening in Q2, because what we're seeing is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, they're seeing, uh, I think, a quarter million uh, new subscribers a day, something like that is the pace they're on right now. I think May 1st was the largest increase or the largest number of new users they've ever had. Um, this is an acceleration of the future, really. You've covered it. Uh, you've thrown the war on cash name around it. Uh, people have been following it, and this uh, accelerates uh, what has been going on uh, to cash and where it's going. And PayPal has been one of the uh, principal beneficiaries of this, um, a little bit more so than Square over the last quarter, but they're both enjoying uh, very nice days as stocks. Yeah, and I think Square is, is, is more reliant on small businesses in a, in a way that PayPal isn't. I mean, just for anyone who's been to a small independent shop or a farmer's market or something like that, where you know you walk into a tent, you think about buying whatever they're selling, and uh, they've got the little square uh, thing that you swipe right there. So, I mean, that's, that's probably putting a little bit of dent in their Q1 numbers, but uh, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to imagine Square not succeeding over the next five to ten years. Yeah, it's the you know little white square boxes where you swipe your credit card that you come to know and perhaps 
love, perhaps not love. I, I mean, I have discovered when I um, am operating with any sort of square interaction that there's a new opportunity to tip somebody at the counter for something that in almost all other circumstances, I don't find myself tipping for this option to just, would you like to just go ahead and add, I don't know, 10, 15, 18, 20% onto that, uh, which you know doesn't occur everywhere else, but it's just enough of a prod uh, to guilt me into doing that often. So you're, and you didn't give specific examples, but it sounds like you're talking about, hey, if I'm in a coffee shop, yeah, I, if I had some change or whatever, I'd throw that in the tip jar. If I go to an independent bookshop, I'm not necessarily looking to tip the person I'm buying the book from. No, and yet here is Square asking me whether I might consider that. Uh, so uh, the little Square devices aren't getting as much business in an era where people are not going into the little small shops, but the Cash App um, is uh, is is doing good business for them and. Uh, uh, you know, competitor to Venmo and, um, you know, all the money uh, that you probably owe me, for instance, you can um, use either of those two methods. Oh, you, you don't owe me any money at the moment, do you? No, I'd, I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't owe you money. <laughs> you, were, you weren't in that poker game the other week. That, that's I was Bill not Mann. in that poker game. Bill Mann owes me 20 bucks. Yeah, no, I, I, I did hear that you were uh, the person walking away with the money. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 now you don't even have to see Bill, man. You can just like send him a message on Slack and just be like, "Hey, man, Venmo me, <laughs> give me my twenty bucks." Um, let's uh, move on to the delivery economy and help me understand this because we got we're going to get the first quarter results from Uber after the closing bell today, but we already got first quarter results from Lyft and Grubhub and. On the surface, it would appear as though Grubhub had the better first quarter results, and yet, because they broke even and everyone was expecting Grubhub to report a loss, and Grubhub shares are down 10 12%. Meanwhile, Lyft, that stock is up more than 20% this morning. Um, it's still down for the year, but um, I, maybe it was uh, the benefit of low expectations, but first quarter revenue for Lyft was up 23% compared to a year ago. Yeah, well, there's a difference between a stock that is up 23% to get back to about half of the price it was a couple of months ago, uh, and the stocks like uh, PayPal and Square that are at you know approaching all-time highs uh, off of uh, you know in, perhaps um, you know some of the earnings expectations. Um, you know, changed around their stories. I, I think for, you know, Lyft, things are improved over yesterday, mostly in the sense that the company has reported it's it's going to save about $300 million a year on a run rate basis uh, on its operations by scaling back on some of its expenses. So that's, that's the better part of the story there, really. The, um, you know, the, the numbers declined, of course, uh, precipitously in, in March uh, and, and continue to be uh, in April um, over where they were in January and February. But, you know, the company was showing pretty, pretty strong growth uh, going into the beginning of this. Uh, for the whole quarter, 23% uh, increased revenue for the quarter, and that's completely on, on the back of uh, the strong first two months. 
Do you have any? It seems like every quarter, when Home Depot comes out with their results, Lowe's comes out the next day, and it's almost always similar, but not quite as good. I don't know if we have enough data uh, because they Uber and Lyft haven't been public companies nearly as long as Home Depot and Lowe's. But any should we um, look at Uber reporting after the bell today and think, oh yeah, it'll probably be about what Lyft is doing? Absolutely, in their yeah, and in part because Uber has already announced uh, the massive uh, layoffs that were announced yesterday, and that was. Uh, you know, I can't remember exactly how many people it was, uh, but it was massive uh, for in terms of the business. So I think that uh, they'll be able to quantify what the savings from that are going to be. Uh, they obviously have found ridership way, way off uh, right now, and they've got to find savings somewhere, and that usually comes at the cost of employees. So that is, I think, the reason that it's up today, aside from just uh, the, you know, the mimicking lift is the, there's, I don't know that this would affect the stock price, but the announcement that it is uh, taking an investment in Lime um, and getting rid of its uh, scooter business and, and I, I guess, uh, combining that with Lime's. You know what? Uh, I don't know about where you live, but where I live, yeah, we, we need some consolidation in the scooter business. <laughs> there were just way too many of them. And it's just, it's like, yeah, no, these aren't all going to su- survive. So, yeah, the sooner you all can get together and decide which brand is going to survive, the better we're all going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I have not found myself uh, using any of the scooters that are plentiful and available wherever you know <laughs> you go uh, around Alexandria. But uh, uh, also, get, getting back to Grubhub, uh, down 13% today, I think that the results today, you would have to have believed that if there were a time when Grubhub was going to have a great quarter, it would be the one just announced. Um, so the fact that they weren't really able to translate additional orders into additional profitability and have said that they're nearly all of their profits uh, the, the, in the coming quarter are going to be used to generate additional orders for their restaurant partners. Okay, you know, being a good partner with the restaurants, which they have been accused of not being a great partner uh, to restaurants in the past may be good long term uh, but uh, you know they're they're a company that you would think well they they must be uh, raking it in right now and that's that's really not the case yeah this is absolutely one of those times where it's I think completely fair for investors to look at a business and say it's put up or shut up time if, if Grubhub can't get it done at a time when there's a national pandemic and people are trapped inside their homes I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it may be time to move on, and and where, you know, the the Uber Eats is a legitimate competitor, uh, as is DoorDash. But uh, I think that that will be one of the interesting things to get uh, from this evening's call by Uber. Uh, they're going to see the ridership way, way, way down, but Uber Eats will make up uh, some of those losses um, for the company. And as I say, the other thing that they'll be pointing to is is the money that they have been able to save going forward 
uh, with the unfortunate layoffs that uh, are necessary. Let's wrap up with Peloton. Uh, shares of Peloton up 15%, hitting an all-time high, although it's only been a public company since last September. So, But still, a good day for Peloton. Um, third quarter report, big, again, not surprising, big uh, jump in sales, big jump in membership. Huge, huge jump in, in sales. I think up 66%, something like that. Uh, and the subscription revenue is up more, th more than that. And this is without one of their uh, principal items um, really available for sale in most cases. That is, they're, they're better known for the bikes, but they also sell uh, what I would deem to be outrageously uh, expensive treadmills. You might be able to comment better on that because um, you're the ultra marathoner here. And um, they, they sell treadmills, which they can't... Uh, install right now because they can't go into people's houses and it takes a couple uh, multiple uh, repairmen to construct these things but they're forty three hundred dollars and uh, what, what do you think about that so I don't have a treadmill in my home I have never been interested in having a treadmill in my home so I, I can't say I have a a good sense of what a reasonable price for a treadmill is. You know why that is? I prefer running outdoors because it's yeah, free. Yeah, you're from Maine. So the the worst weather that Northern Virginia has to offer you is like kind of a joke to, you know, to your makeup, right? I mean, I'm not a big fan of running and driving rain, but yeah, I'll run, I'll run 12 months out of the year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and weaker people than yourself, less hardy people from you know America really uh, are are willing some of them to spend apparently forty three hundred dollars on a treadmill or will, according to um, Peloton, when they're able to bring these people uh, these devices into people's homes and construct them. In the meantime, the twenty two twenty five hundred dollar bikes uh, are going like hotcakes. Uh, there's panic buying. Apparently, you know, according to I think the New York Times of of these, and the New York Times readership probably intersects fairly well with Palestine's uh, subscribers. So uh, they've had the largest class in their history, twenty three thousand people uh, in one class, um, and just all the numbers up and down look great. And uh, at the moment. Not that they want to uh, rub it in, but uh, nobody's really rubbing it in when they're having a very good quarter right now. They're uh, couching their enthusiasm for results in, in more muted terms than that, but they're having the last laugh over everybody who is trying to dance upon their graves for their uh, Christmas ads. They certainly are, and it's not hard for me to imagine that businesses start to get involved with Peloton. And by that, I mean, if we are going to, we're going to see a shift in businesses, where business is conducted. I don't know about you. I'm already hearing from friends of mine who work in Manhattan and uh, they're in situations where uh, a business has got 50,000 square feet of office space in downtown Manhattan. And now they're saying, well, 
we don't think we're going to need this anymore. And instead, um, we're just going to find a couple of smaller footprint places out in the suburbs. Um, instead of 50,000 square feet, we're going to need about 10,000 square feet. Um, we're going to shift how we spend money as a business. We're going to be spending less on office space, but we want to make sure our employees are happy. And so instead of subsidizing their commute, we're going to subsidize their home office. And it wouldn't shock me at all to, in the next six months, start hearing about businesses that are using Peloton as a way to recruit people. Could be. Could be. You should uh, do a little PR for them. <laughs> I think they're doing fine. I don't think they need me doing any PR for them. Bill Barker, good seeing you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.